0: Hello everybody and welcome back to Fantastic Minute, the show where we talk about Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox one minute at a time. My name is Tyler Boudreaux.
1: And I am Condra Boudreaux.
0: We're the Amateur Nerds here to talk about Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox one minute at a time. I already said that. But what I meant to say was we're here to talk about Minute 53 of Fantastic Mr. Fox, which begins with Mr. Fox using anaphora, which is a literary device. And it ends with Fox going, hmm. Tyler... Yes, Kondra.
1: What is it, Anaphora?
0: <laughs> Thank you for asking. Anaphora is well. I'll quiz you. So, for instance, Fox says, uh, "I shouldn't have stolen those birds. I shouldn't have shouldn't have fallen off the wagon. I shouldn't have tried to trick those farmers until they wanted to kill me." So
1: it's almost like a rhetorical question kind of thing, but they're not questions.
0: Yeah, no, it's more like when you just like repeat the same phrase with the same, literally like the same words in the same sentence structure.
1: Wait, I have definitely identified those before. That is that is on me. I, I, I do know yeah, what Yeah, we used is. to
0: do them in Latin. Yeah. Analyzing Latin poetry. Virgil, as it were.
1: Uh, Virgil, man. All about that in Afro. Life. I think I'm
0: going to be reading some Virgil again this semester. I
1: like Virgil. I really like the Metamorphoses. That's Ovid. Oh. I did like... Virgil's the Aeneid then. Yes. I loved the Aeneid.
0: The Aeneid is good.
1: That, that was where, like, upon reading the Aeneid, I actually felt like I knew Latin. Like, it gave me confidence that, like, yes, I know this thing I've been studying for literally, like, six years. Yeah,
0: well, it's like you're actually reading something, like, straight, that's Latin. And
1: it's engaging, and it's actually understandable where, like, Catullus poetry, you're like, yeah, I know what all these words say, I have no idea what he's well, saying.
0: Well, yeah, but Catullus is, what's the word, Neo? It's He's a... Uh,
1: he's later.
0: He, he was actually earlier than Virgil, and he was intentionally breaking away from format, and thus is... Inherently difficult to translate. The classics talk here on Fantastic Minute.
1: Never, never ends for us. Um, we do have cuss number 26 in this minute. Mr. Fox and all of his, um, pro what I've called the pro-con speech. Um, yeah, he's kind so of having
0: a classic monologue.
1: It's not quite existential crisis, but like... It harkens
0: back to the existential crisis. We'll get there.
1: Okay, but he he's, uh, cusses with the heads of the farmers as he says. Um, So that's the use of the cuss. It's number 26. We haven't had a cuss in a while. It actually took me a few minutes to realize what number we were on.
0: Yeah, well, I think there are more as the film gets into its climax. But yeah, here we are in kind of the uh, as we've been saying, kind of the end of the second act, beginning of the third act. This is kind of the big character moment before all the action happens. So Uh,
1: uh, it is the pro con speech. Mr. Fox is finally realizing like the doors have opened and he's seeing what's inside now it's a it's a very common therapy kind of like moment or not ther- like not for everyone when they when they experience therapy but um like, those that do have the ability and um, fortune of going to therapy when they need it, like, having those moments of, this is the problem and this is, like, this is what how it's affecting me.
0: The, well, the line that sticks out to me in terms of self-clarity is, uh, he's saying, like, I shouldn't have done this, I shouldn't have done that, I enjoyed it while I was doing it, but I shouldn't have done it.
1: Yeah, that's why I've called it the pro con speech is because he's like complimenting sandwiching it. So he's like putting a bad thing, good thing, bad thing, and it's like really recognizing what he's done, but still making his little snarky comments. And like, yeah,
0: when it's not in like a like a faux humility way, like earlier when he was like, "It's because I'm a wild animal." Yeah, in the cave as we were talking about. But now he's like sincerely apologetic. Still hasn't completed his character arc.
1: No, because he still is kind of that quote-unquote he's trying to be that quote-unquote fantastic mr fox here especially when he starts talking about like sacrificing yeah yeah
0: so this is what i wanted to talk about because he's like well the only way the farmers are gonna let us go if is if i like sacrifice myself let them stuff me and hang me up on the mantle then maybe they'll let christopherson go and leave everyone else alone and uh, he's also he also in this minute gives this speech about uh, I think what my problem is. I want everyone to see me as this, quote unquote, fantastic Mr. Fox. That's where we get that kind of phrasing that I've been saying. And it's also the, the role credits moment, as Cinema Sins would say. And so he needs to dazzle everyone and sort of intimidate them, as he says, in order for him to feel good about himself. And so that like the note, this notion of self-sacrifice is kind of him falling back on that idea of the only way for me to go out in a blaze of glory is for me to sacrifice myself not only will that leave everyone safe but that will be my ultimate securing of my memory martyrdom yeah martyrdom
1: but at the same time he's telling all of this to his wife who goes from looking a bit angry but not quite more like stern and like concerned like very put together to a very sudden, like emotional, she starts crying um, because she doesn't want him to sacrifice himself. He forgets; he's thinking too much big picture, not em- enough about the immediate family that he's impacting. Which is weird because this whole thing is stemming from Christopherson being taken away, and he's still not realizing that his family is more important, like to him, than he's recognizing.
0: Yeah, well, I think that's that's where the character arc. Goes, I, I'll give him credit. Like, this is a this is a good moment for him. I He's not, like, even though I said, like, him wanting to do the self-sacrifice is a form of, like, him still wanting to be seen as the quote-unquote fantastic Mr. Fox. I still give him credit for, because, like, if he's willing to sacrifice himself for the good of everyone else, like, that theoretically could have been the best way. Like, we know because it's a kid's movie that it's all going to work out okay. But there's a, there's a world of Wes Anderson, Coen Brothers kind of plot lines where this doesn't work out and people die and
1: Yeah, it's it's a lot that
0: I like the idea of this as a Coen Brothers movie.
1: I guess I would need more to fully wrap my head around. I, Coen Brothers did Winter Soldier?
0: No, that's no. the Russo Brothers. Russo
1: Brothers.
0: No <laughs> Coen Brothers did The Big Lebowski, Fargo, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, No Country for Old Men.
1: None of the above, Tyler. I've seen the end of Fargo Um with the lovely wood chipper, and that's about it. And I've seen bits and pieces of Oh Brother Where Art Thou because you always have it on. Or you have it on a lot. Yeah. Um I know the music really well too, because you always have that on. Yeah.
0: But uh like a Cohen Brothers version of Fantastic Mr. Fox where like characters die in the middle of it and it's I don't know. I I just think it'd be interesting. Um so we're talking about Mr. Fox and kind of his emotional journey i think something that's kind of interesting about this minute is that it's the kind of scene that happens in like every film it's like the guy kind of apologizes and says like i'm gonna do better from here and then they gear up for the big adventure in the last kind of yeah. moment and it's often set in like a cave or uh in the rain an or enclosed
1: space yeah. like it it becomes intimate in some way shape or yeah or. like it's an intimate scene the setting is intimate I think the best comparison, in all honesty, is The Incredibles. Yeah. Um. <laughs>
0: so yeah, so we we've been comparing this movie to The Incredibles all the time, but there's the scene in The Incredibles where the the whole family has been locked up by Syndrome. He's not and,
1: strong enough.
0: And uh, yeah, Mister <sighs> Mr. Incredibles apologizing to his whole family, or the scene later where he says he's not strong enough, which is maybe one of the most powerful lines in any movie for <gasps> me. Uh, I
1: love them. but the funny thing is like we're thinking about the We're
0: literally talking about Mr. Incredible and Fantastic Mr. Fox to like two guys who have like
1: the dad like
0: good adjectives for their name.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting. But also there are like fathers and what is it about this like fatherly complex that like something about our understanding of society is like fathers at this like midlife crisis type thing need to reckon that their families, like, they shouldn't be reliving the glory... Like, I'm not prescribing this on any... Like, I am a f- female-identifying individual who has no idea what this middle-aged man complex is that may or may not actually exist. I don't know.
0: Well, I think, based on the fact that we see it played out so many times in fiction, we can kind of assume that it's something people go through, especially it's, because, it's, hey, we've had we have male storytellers predominantly.
1: Yeah, it's rooted in some reality... But the pervasiveness of it, it's like, oh man, you got to be there more for your family kind of thing. Like Pleasantville. It's like a funny spin in Pleasantville that the dad has no idea how to interact with his family and like be there for them other than being the classic dad kind of thing. And like allowing men to feel emotion in a way. somehow like, like the men
0: would be like, well, the moment I express love, that it's going to be a big moment of growth for me
1: heaven forbid people be allowed to express emotion
0: well that's the thing is fox is kind of obsessed with this kind of like idea of everyone loving him that he's he's so selfish that he doesn't uh, i mean this, this is kind of a plot of the movie he's so selfish that he doesn't realize the adventure was the, the real friends, friends were th- <laughs> the ones the the family he made along the way or something like that uh ah
1: uh, our favorite the, the real
0: muppet movie was the friends we made along the way
1: exactly calling but, at you from muppet minute um no but absolutely the there's some emotional depth to this that is so pervasive throughout so many different movies and
0: but it, it's weird to me that like we can kind of have this same arc and it can be it can be so meaningful to is, like, The Incredibles is one of my favorite movies. (laughs) Fantastic Mr. Fox is also one of my favorite movies. They're the same movie. (laughs)
1: Yeah. No, and I was even thinking, I was trying to come up with a couple others. Like, for me, Howl's Moving Castle. Howl has one of these moments, and it's not as intense, but, like, his realization that he loves Sophie is huge.
0: Yeah, he he's obsessed with being, like, this great wizard that everyone's impressed with and, like, showing off and having cool hair. That, like, the moment he actually, like, realizes he loves other people and, like, has a family, he realizes, oh, that's what my life should be, not.
1: Yeah, he starts protecting them, and it's so sweet, and I love Howl. But, no, it is it is something we see all the but time. But the
0: idea that filmmakers can pull this story off still is also impressive. Like, the fact that West Ham, like, that this movie's a good movie. Like, Fantastic Mr. Fox is still a great movie, even though it's telling this old story. It's uh, almost
1: like it's a tale as old as time.
0: song as old as rhyme. Uh, that,
1: that is not a theme in Beauty of the Beast, though. <laughs> or is it? I, kind I, of.
0: Gaston is kind of...
1: No, I, it would be the Beast. Because it's that idea of he has to learn how to love himself before he can learn to love others. and Does he, though? <laughs> you know... <laughs> I could talk about this movie for a very long (laughs) time. We're not going to get
0: into Beauty and the Beast because, but, uh, well, I, I had this written down and I was seeing if we were going to segue naturally into it, but, uh, what I wanted to talk about was kind of Fox, Mr. Fox as Achilles back to classics. (laughs) Well, he's, he is kind of obsessed with this idea of glory. And Mm -hmm. in this minute he's offering to like sacrifice himself. And that's kind of the choice Achilles has to make is like, do I die in battle or do I live a long and happy life? It's so interesting that, like, the standard of fiction, Achilles, is the one who dies in battle, in the Iliad, at least. And then in the Odyssey, we get the opposite. Mm -hmm. Not only in the journey of Odysseus, but when Odysseus travels to the underworld, he sees Achilles, and Achilles says, I made the wrong choice, which I'm not a big fan of. I think, (laughs) well, one, I I want, I just, I just, (laughs) no, what I'm trying to say is that I like the Iliad better than the Odyssey, and the fact that the Odyssey retcons the Iliad is dumb. (laughs)
1: It's almost like Homer was a whole bunch of different people who weren't necessarily talking to each other.
0: I'm not... Yeah, I wasn't saying that I'm mad at Homer, like, the abstract idea of Homer.
1: Except you're mad at him retconning.
0: I'm, I'm mad at the idea that, like, another thing retcons the other thing, when, like, the Iliad's that much... Like, so much more interesting of a story.
1: I didn't like the Iliad as much as I liked the Odyssey.
0: Oh, Achilles is way better. Odysseus is dumb. Ooh. I, no no I no,
1: no I, in I, terms
0: of George Clooney roles in my favorite films uh Fa- fantastic Mr. Fox's story arc is way more interesting than uh Ulysses Everett McGill's and Oh Brother where art thou who doesn't have a story arc he just fast talks his way out of everything and at the end is reunited with his wife who doesn't really like him that much
1: I think a lot of this weight and like the power of this scene has so much to do with the setting ah and yes I, good and I, segue and I want to just like talk about it for a few minutes. Because there's so much going on. Because we have the water like we've already talked yeah. about before. And I think it is real water. I think it's layered and it's kind of green screen. So like yeah. there's a matte green screen background where they loop a thing of water. It just doesn't move the same way the plastic wrap did earlier. Yeah. Um, and the fact that I see when I'm watching it. Consistent lines that will reappear suggest to me that I th- I think it's a loop, like a film loop. Yeah, and it would make it so much easier on the animators for stop motion.
0: Yeah, it looks like real water. So regardless, like credit to the animators. Another thing I enjoy in this minute is the way that the light reflect refracts through the waterfall. When we're kind of seeing the cave behind the waterfall, we're kind of seeing the glimmer and the the twinkle of the the reflection of light as it hits the cave walls. And I was just thinking about the animators animating that with, like, every frame they need to move a dimmed light, like, a millimeter to the left or a millimeter to the right. It just blows my mind. I don't know.
1: It's so, like, this scene for its detail of face, its lighting, its, like, sound, like, the noise, background noise, sound mixing, it's so impressive. And it all builds and culminates to this, like, intensely emotional, like, you feel it.
0: Well, in terms of, like, every frame of painting, like...
1: The, the, this minute. This minute.
0: Even, like, the close-up... Like, we get a lot of, like, heavy close-ups of the uh, foxes' faces. And sometimes their eyelids look a little weird.
1: And their teeth.
0: But uh, the, the detail on their face... Like, the, the face work, as we've been talking about, is amazing. Yeah. The fact that we can read, emo- like, emotions on these anthropomorphized foxes blows yeah. my mind.
1: Felicity is, like instant change to crying is, like, yeah. unbelievable. Also, we get the return of um, Un Petit Uh which we had... The small eel. No. The small island, Tyler. Oh, sorry. And I hope I pronounced that right. It's supposed to be the small oui, island. We,
0: oui, don't look picard.
1: Um, and we heard this song back when they were tearing down the tree. So, like, this loss of home, reu- like, almost reuniting family. Like, there's this thread of music that's pulling along i i don't i'm less for that kind of like i'm not quite sure i i'm wondering why they chose this song to reuse again at this moment as opposed to like i mean it is an intensely emotional moment and it definitely fits the song but i don't know do you have any thoughts about it
0: i think i mean i think the song is good what the thing that Wes Anderson doesn't get enough credit for is his uh, method of song selection, which I think he does even better than Quentin Tarantino or the Coen brothers in terms of like modern auteurs, is that he is able to just pick random songs from pop history. He's able to pull pop songs that like no one would know and just find the perfect emotion for that beat. You ever, here's a side thing do you ever like hear a song and you're like, I want to make a movie? Just so I can have like a montage around that song or like, or like a moment where that song or like, so the credits can end and that song will play or something like you never have. I, no. that, I that's like, I feel like that's a common feeling that I've had. And I've, I've heard that other people have that feeling too.
1: That all being said, he still had Alexander DePlaw score this film. And this, uh, the emotional crux, the roll credit scene is not DePlaw.
0: Yeah, I think that's okay.
1: It's just it's it's interesting that and I think I was having a hard time rationalizing that when we talked about this song last time too. It was just like how does this
0: Speaking work? of Depla, uh, update we finally watched Ruled Dolls uh, Revolting Rhymes on Netflix. Yo. It's really good, it so was definitely su- recommend. surprisingly The animation good. is good and the music sounds exactly like the music from Fantastic Mr. Fox. We like we we're th- like
1: two minutes in and we both looked at each other and we were like is this de place? Why would this be de plot Did I we ever actually
0: look? Yeah, I did. It's, it's it not. is not. Okay.
1: Um, but the fact that they did that was such a move. And I'm for it. Because <laughs> it was a really fun.
0: So one last thing I want to bring up. We've kind of been dipping in and out of, like, the emotions of this minute. Because it's, it's really hard to put your finger on this. Especially because it's universal ideas that are so hard to describe. Like... Moments like this are why we have fiction in the world. Mm-hmm. It's because you can't put into words these emotions sometimes. You need to, well, obviously there are put you into words. You to put
1: them into situations that are maybe less, like, less immediate and more, how can I project this? Yeah. Projection's pretty standard.
0: So, yeah. So we have this Mr. Fox character hearkening back to this existential moment he had earlier in the film where he was talking to Kylie in the tree. And he's like, I'm a fox, but what does that mean? And here he's here he kind of self-diagnoses himself. He's like, I'm a fox. I want to, like, do crazy things and catch prey and outsmart predators. And that's, like, why I've been putting myself into these situations. Because I want to be the fantastic Mr. Fox. So they, this idea of, like, as we were talking about in that other minute, which might have been our longest continuous conversation when we were having that existential crisis.
1: It's just a continuation of my normal one. Uh, <laughs>
0: Uh, is that, like, is it weird that Fox kind of knows what his life is supposed to be, quote-unquote? Because, like, we as humans don't know what humans are supposed to be like. Is does, is it weird that he knows what foxes are supposed to be like?
1: Like, an awareness of instinct, which yeah. seems inherently flawed. Like you, Like, you don't know what your instincts are. Like, they just appear. Like, you don't realize you have them. So, no, it is something, like, really interesting to think about and, like is this something that because fox is a fox and not a human like this comes up because this isn't part of the Rule Doll story this is something yeah. that's part of the film
0: The Rule Doll story would just be like and he was the fantastic Mr Fox and everybody loved him mm-hmm. and this story is kind of taking the uh the stance of like well no being the fantastic Mr Fox is the problem what he needs to do is, of course is realizes that the real adventure was his family That Achilles should have stayed home and had a long happy life instead of sacrificing himself, and that's kind of the stance this movie is taking. And so it's interesting what I what, what I guess the point I'm trying to say is it's interesting that we use the Fox trope as the get go. It's almost like Wes Anderson is building off of the Fox, the Fantastic Mr. Fox book. It's like, hey, like we know we know you understand how this character's supposed to go. We know you understand that he's a fox and he steals chickens. But like, he's
1: the Anansi type. He's the trickster.
0: But what? Here's what happens if we put him in the quote-unquote real world. What does that mean for his family? And I think it's brilliant. It's not. It's almost like it's not a satire of the original. But it's like it's taking it's taking the source material and elevating it. And I know that's a cliche.
1: Modernizing it?
0: Not modernizing it either, because he's it's a
1: pretty timeless story. I yeah. Would say.
0: And as we've said, it's a timeless story from Achilles to Mister Incredible to mr fox this story isn't going anywhere obviously uh let's diversify our writers rooms
1: heck yeah get different
0: kinds of stories yes please. and then I, w- I will gladly do a minute about something i am less less familiar with
1: more women writers That's what i'm here for yeah no i think i think that about sums it up i think we can probably continue this conversation into the third act
0: yeah um, for sure but it was good that we haven't had a we haven't had like a a real slow minute like this for a while
1: i was a little nervous like watching it the first time i was like god this is a dialogue heavy minute like there's a lot to unpack here
0: but this is fi- finally a dialogue heavy minute where there's stuff to unpack and not just quips and not just saying like that was a great joke and not not one minute where it's four different scenes and nothing but nothing really to talk about so i was glad that we had this so uh I hope you enjoyed listening. This has been Minute 53 of Fantastic Mr. Fox. Next time we get Minute 54, which will hopefully be more character growth. Who knows? It's a mystery.
1: Unless you've seen it before.
0: Yes. It's on HBO right now, so catch it sometime. Or Uh,
1: borrow it from your local public (laughs) library. Support local public library. Wait,
0: fun story before we wrap up. Uh, I was on Facebook, and I saw past guest of the show, Sean German, post a quote from Fantastic Mr. Fox on Facebook. And I was like, hmm, it was like Friday at 7 p.m. And I was like, hmm, that's when Fantastic Mr. Fox was on HBO, when I was watching it.
1: (laughs) You've been watching it?
0: I watched a couple scenes.
1: Not anything past what we've talked (laughs) about. I
0: I saw moments, but I didn't like watch it after that. Good. Okay. So yeah, if you want to find us on Twitter, at Amateur Nerds on Twitter, or me personally, at Tyler Booty, that's at T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y.
1: Or you can email us with your thoughts and concerns and questions about future minutes at AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com. You can always rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or some other podcasting listening places.
0: Join us next time for more analysis and fun times. I'm Tyler Boudreau. I'm Condra. We hope you have a fantastic non-existential crisis day.
1: Hopefully.